Thursdays with Thor. I hope you guys are smoking good and ready to learn some good information on cannabis. I mean, this is really what we do week in and week out. We're just trying to bring quality information to you guys in a quick segment. Um, you know, we really are typically cannabis related. Sometimes we'll talk about different topics, but, you know, week to week, we try to pick up some material. Uh, we'll outline some material. Sometimes there'll be some topics that maybe some people want to leave in the comments that we can pick up and touch on more. But uh, this week, we want to cover a little bit on clones, guys. Clones will be the topic of this week. If you guys want to get some notepads out or you guys just want to listen in, whatever you're going to do, let's get it going. First off, let's get a good smoke in. Make sure you guys are nice and piped up. If not, if you're here just to learn, let's just get our pencils out. If not, have your ears ready. Let's go, guys. So really the clone talk, we're going to talk about all different things, tips, tricks. We won't go about them in order. You know, we'll just kind of pick up on little things as they go. Typically, you know, how to start, where you go about things. You know, um, I took a lot of notes down here, a lot of different things I'll touch on here, guys. But um, from one to ten on steps and stuff like that, this isn't what this is. This is sort of just a topic um, that we're going to touch on. And we're just going to talk about different things. So really, we're going to talk about the first thing is like, you know, when you go to a plant, where would you take the clones from? Honestly, taking clones from the very top, the very best of the new growth, um, you're definitely going to want the clone to be at least six to, inch, uh, six to eight inches when you take the cut. Don't take a short cut. You are going to either A, going to be putting them in plugs or, you know, whatever medium you choose, or you'll put them into an oxycloner or a DWC cloner. Uh, whatever you're going to do, you're going to want that clone to be at least about six to eight inches a good size and um when you take it from the top they typically have really really good success i mean you know a lot of the hormones are still working um you know and the mary stems there and stuff like that so taking tops are great you could also take bottoms that's fine mediums it's it's not really like you can't take from them because we're just talking about choice you know kind of like the best you know best method but you really kind of don't want to trim up your plant too much if you are going to be keeping what we call a mother plant or a plant that you're keeping just to grow in order to take clones off of it later so what you're going to do is uh, not take more than 70 percent of that plant at one time so if you are going to strip that plant down um unless you're going to take that entire plant and strip it down all at once i don't recommend taking more than 70 percent especially if you're going to keep it there and regrowing um typically what a lot of people uh don't do is they don't really um understand the 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 plant's genetics and they don't understand you know um that some clones will strike really easily and some clones won't and they take a little bit longer so you know sometimes it happens to everybody it takes a little bit extra time uh don't get discouraged i mean this happens to a lot of people where they'll have a lot of their clones die and only a few of them succeed i mean once you get to that experience point um, you know, it's okay for some, some stuff to die. It's okay. You know, once you get better at it, it will start to become second nature. You, you'll have a lot more success on that strike rate. And when we say strike rate, that's uh, we want strike on the roots. So we're trying to get a good strike rate. And, um, you know, some cultivars just don't do it well. Some car, uh, cultivars I know will clone in like two to three days, sometimes four days. Like it's amazing how quick some cultivars can clone. Um, 
I got one, for example, like the runts, um, the jokers, uh, jokes up cut, um, their original runs that, that runs cut, man, that's easy to clone, man. Once you put that into a cloner or a stab, it, I mean, it's, it's going to shoot roots and, and no time. Same thing with like apple fritter. That's a really, really good one. Um, there's a few other good ones too, as well out there. So, um, definitely do your research and, you know, if you are going to be a, a company that's based on nothing but clones and naturally it's it's good to have a good selection of, of good quality things too as well you know you definitely don't want to be just sticking to a few things unless that's your repertoire some people like to have just a couple things in the stable i like having at least you know four to six options at all times um as a personal grower and um a little bit of a commercial grower i would say that you know, having six to eight at all times is great, but popping seeds is nice. I mean, I totally get it, but some people just want clones. It's the way it goes. They want to know what they're getting. And, and if it's been studied for a long time and um, it's not, you know, showing any signs of burn, burnout or anything like that, those clones are going to run, you know, rock and roll for a long time. So um, typically how you want to cut your clones is at a 45 degree angle. So we go to cut our clones off the plant. We don't just want to cut like a straight cut line. We don't want to, you know, snip. We want to try to snip where we're leaving new growth. You know, so, uh, the branching growth on the sides will replace that and become the new tops. Uh, what we're going to do is just kind of take a 45 degree cut whenever we take our clones. This this cut right here really ensures uh, the best strike success. Um, it's been worked on by many other uh, plants, not just cannabis. Um, they really like this degree of the cut. Um, another thing is, is you really want to make sure you're using gloves and you're also making sure you're using either um, new scissors or a new scalpel. And if you can't, and you really need to sanitize those, um, even if the caps on them at all times, you really want to keep that alcohol around in a very clean um, sanitized paper towel or anything that's not going to really kind of give off any germs or anything. Um, you're really going to want to keep this like a medical procedure. It's sort of like, um, you know, the human body anatomy a little bit, you know, we're, we're, we're actually dissecting this plant up. So treat it as it's, you know, a human, we don't want to rough it up too much while we're doing it at the same time. Uh, we don't want to scuff it or, you know, do anything that's, you know, not professional practice. We want to treat this like a, sort of like a medical procedure. You know, you want to make sure everything is wiped down, clean setting, clean water, all that good stuff, you know, using gloves and keeping your hands clean. I recommend washing your hands and your arms before, too. If you got hair, keep your hair up. We don't want to get any hair anywhere near the the, the bottom of that uh, cutting, you know, anywhere near the uh, open tissue. You know, we're, not, we're trying to keep germ free from that from this point. You know, once you make that cut, it's really good to, you know, uh, to be sanitized. And the second thing that I, I am going to give you guys this tip. This is a huge tip, man. And I highly recommend this. And I really think that it's actually one of my key factors to success. And if you can't write it down, just remember it. Um, the moment that you cut your clone, have a cup of water next to you and immediately get that cutting inside of a cup of water. What this does is it's going to kind of close the um, open wound on the plant, you know, from where you just took your 45 degree cut. It's going to keep air from getting in there. Any type of air bubbles or any type of thing, you're going to transfer it straight to that cup of water and it's going to really kind of ensure success. Um, I've just noticed major success whenever I do that. This is Liam with Atlas Seed, proud sponsor of the Autoflower Review. For direct access to the best of the best of our genetic library, check out our breeder selection marketplace at www.atlasseed.com. Now to the review. Another tip I'm going to give you guys is not everybody has to do this, but it works really good for me. When I take my cuttings and I leave my pH cup of water, I pH it at 5.5 because 
I grow in hydro, but when I take cuttings, I treat it like hydro. It's just been my approach. I'm not sure if that's actually a better uh, better thing or not, but I tend to pH my water to 5.5 to 5.8, anywhere between those two. So my cup of water that I'm placing my cutlings, or my, excuse me, my snips, uh, you know, from my clones, I'm putting them in water immediately. And what I do is I let it sit there for 24 hours. This is going to kind of soften up those stems a little bit because a lot of my plants have like woody stems. Um, they're pretty thick stems. Um, I do use silica and stuff like that and different things. And um, I notice just, uh, you know, the chiropractic method and stuff like that. Sometimes my branches are a little thicker. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's a little bit easier to actually let those uh, those snips, those clones, before they're rooted, I'll let them sit in that cup for 24 hours. Not everybody has to do this. But it softens the stems up a little bit, and it actually gives me a little bit better of a root strike success. It's worked for me. Um, there's a lot of different things you could do, but I'm just mentioning those. So just immediately putting them into water or getting them dipped into, like, the gel. Some people like to use the dip gel, um, the cloning gel. Some people like to use aloe. I mean, it's really cool to find new products and organic products and stuff like this during the cloning process because... You know, sometimes people like to spend a little bit extra money and they'll go out and they'll buy the Michael Jordan stuff and the, the extra, you know, dips and stuff like that to ensure their clone success. And, and they get it. You know, I, I do get it. And I do know that those products do work. Um, I just know that a lot of the growers in the world don't necessarily have a, a, a lot of dollars in their pockets sometimes. So I'm just going to kind of just talk about water and gel at this point, you know, um, no, no uh, special mixes or anything. I mean, at the very least, uh, Clonex, you know, Clonex is uh, built for this. It's been a company out for a long time, but you really don't have to use any products if you don't want to. You could actually just use water um, and stab it right into whatever medium you're using and have success. So don't get me wrong. You don't have to have an entire setup, but you are going to need some tools. And the type of tools you need, I talked about the scissors and the scalpel and keeping it sanitized, but you're also going to need trays. I don't recommend those flimsy trays. I kind of uh, recommend spending the extra dollar or 50 cents extra, you know, buying those thick trays. Those thick trays really go a long way. I enjoy the inserts. Uh, Floraflex makes an insert. Um, some other brands, plastic, regular brands will have inserts, or you can buy the Grodan um, mini plug or the uh, starter plug insert tray. That will really help you too. I enjoy having those around. I keep about a half a dozen of those around. So at all times I have at least a few trays set up and it kind of keeps the stability of all the plugs to really kind of stay upwards and, you know, not get on top of each other. It kind of keeps it upright. I really enjoy having those tools while cloning. And I also like having the clone dome, the dome to create the humidity. It's going to give you a hundred percent um a hundred percent more uh how do you say um skills in repertoire to have success it's definitely going to be something you need putting the humidity dome on closing the windows at first letting things do their magic and then as you harden off which we'll talk in later on in this episode about hardening off clones uh you know you, you kind of have the open windows for that so that's what the windows are for um on the humidity dome those tools really help an extra tool that i'm going to recommend too as well is actually having a heating mat if you are in a cold state uh like i am i'm up here in new england man it's still cold here in june i'm upset sometimes i have a pool and i got it open i'm ready to take a dive in and go swimming and i'll tell you what the water's still pretty cold and you know the plants are still kind of getting adapted to it we have put our plants out there. Some people don't like to put it out into the summer soulless, but we went ahead and tried to get some of them adapted early. Anyways, you want to make sure you have those tools out because the heating mat will allow you to really kind of keep a good temperature on those clones. Temperature uh, Clones like a warm temperature. I did notice that. Also with the heating mat, it kind of 
kind of brings the humidity up a little bit too as well. Um, naturally, keeping it moist with a little bit of water on the tray uh, helps big time. I don't, you know, let them sit in water. The trays, and I mentioned the inserts, will give you a nice little half inch to an inch above anyways to where you're able to actually have the water in there just for that purpose and not to actually keep, um, keep them wet but to actually keep the uh, humidity up and the moisture up to keep them moist. Another thing is with those clones is, you know, um, a lot of people, they like to take the top off the humidity dome, look at them constantly. I do recommend not touching it as much as possible. Just let it do its thing. You know, if you're doing everything proper, um, you don't have to take it off. But once every you need to, you know, to, to rewater your cubes and to, you know, do a quick spray and stuff, you shouldn't be taking it off a whole bunch and, and messing with them a lot because you kind of want to keep that sterile um, area and you kind of want to keep them in there, you know, in the snug in their area with that clone dome on. So don't constantly be taking it off. We're trying to keep a really good temperature and humidity set up inside of those trays and domes. And you have different mediums for clones that you could use to make a bunch of different brands. Uh, you have Rapid Rooter. You have the Rockwell Mini Cubes. You have your Rockwell Mini Cubes. You have your, uh, I believe there's another brand instead of Rapid Rooter. I believe they call it, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's kind of all the same material. And Floriflex just came out with a new material that's really cool. Um, it's kind of like a clay terracotta color. I think it's really neat. And every day they're finding different things to use for mediums. You have your old uh, old school peat and, and soil uh, plugs, the little discs, the coins, you know, and when you put water on them, they'll soak up and become, you know, starter plugs and stuff. I, I still use those too. Some people uh, prefer the cocoa ones, actually, the cocoa starter cubes. I've really actually enjoyed them all. Um, some people will use just straight soil and plug it in straight soil. I mean, it's depends on how you are as a person. If you're going to ask me on a recommendation, I'm going to tell you to go out and probably buy a bag of the rapid rooters. I enjoy those. Um, I really do. They work great. Um, they're made out of peat and something else, but they're like a small sponge. Uh, I really enjoy them. They're a black color. And they work great. I mean, my roots come out shining in them. So really, the clone mediums are different for everybody. You know, it's 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 different. Some people actually prefer to not use any medium at all. And what they do is they do DWC or an oxycloner. And what that is, is it consists of either two methods. The oxycloner has a regular bucket, you know, either a square or a regular five-gallon bucket. And they'll have a cover which will consist of, you know, 20 to 36 holes that have these collars. And the collars are basically made out of a substance that is uh, able to, you know, be wet all the time, of course, and not deteriorate. But it's also, you know, able to hold plants and not give them any issues. It's not a hard plastic at all. But what this does is, is it allows the plant to be snug. And the water will hit the bottom and strike the roots and actually cause friction, which the roots will start to um, expand out of the cutting itself so that's the oxycloner method and what they do is they keep a water pump inside and also an air stone and the combination of the air stone and the water pump will splash those roots keep that water oxygenated and it will it works pretty good on that method and then you have your homemade dwc method where you could take a you know a bucket and put a top on it and some people will cut four to six squares out they'll still use the same collars or something that they've used of choice the di diy method it's not that bad at all i actually think it's the same exact thing it's just uh some people prefer to make it on their own because of the cost of the cloners you know the clone machines could be anywhere from 75 to like uh 200 i mean they really understand in our practice how much clones really mean to the industry. I mean, especially if you're in perpetual growing, clones are a must. I mean, that's how you get it going. 
So the truth is, is, you know, having clones is one of the most important things in the industry. And I honestly think that uh, having a, a method and, and really practice and touching on it is an important thing. So just getting your materials down and all that, figuring out which way you want to grow, um, getting that humidity down because we want to keep that humidity up there in the 75, 80s or more. You know, we're really trying to keep it not wet, wet, sopping wet to where the leaves are wet, but to where, you know, our medium is staying at least moist for one and a half days to two days. And we're coming in there every one and a half to two days to just touch on the cubes. And we're using pH water for the first five to seven days. And sometimes, you know, you'll see some yellowing and some discoloration and stuff. Hey, this is cloning. It's not going to be 100% pretty. Um, after the first five days, then I will put nutrients into the mix. And as I water them on the cubes, they'll have a little bit of mix in there. And we'll talk about that later, too, because everyone can mix it up a little different. Some people will use like stuff like Clonex, which is a very, very light MPK. It does kind of focus on a little bit on more nitrogen, but it has a little bit more of the potassium and stuff to really get those roots growing. And there's other methods and other combinations of different stuff that really will get it growing better. A lot of people have their own cloning method right now. I'm just going to stick to the basics because we're talking on a podcast and a lot of people don't necessarily have uh, the means to, to, to go out and, and get all this extra stuff. So let's just talk about the easy, basic way. Um, this doesn't give you any less of success, you know, having materials um, like the extras, like the Myco and uh, different types of sprays and stuff using like Super Thrive and all that extra stuff. Sure, it will help you in success, but, you know, you don't necessarily have to have it 100%. So let's just stick to the basics. Um, once we moisten up those blocks ever after about five to seven days, you could start using a program, you know, whether it's a nutrient mix or a pre-made mix. Some people will actually use bloom nutrients. Bloom nutrients tend to have a ability to really kind of treat those small uh, clones a little bit easier than the actual grow nutrients. Sometimes you really have to look at the program and how it's made, read the back of the bottle contact the nutrient brand and really make sure that they actually have that ability because some bottles will actually have a mix on them or they will have one on their website and they'll tell you how you could use it for clones and it's pretty cool so i i uh highly you know recommend that you study that fact that you could actually use a little bit of bloom nutrients um on clones and keeping that humidity up we touched on that already just touching on it once again and then keeping that medium schedule is really important i mean just going in there I'm thinking every three days or, hey, I'll just, you know, oh, I haven't gone in there yesterday. Uh, it'll probably be okay. Make sure you're going in there at least one and a half days and taking a peek at it. You know, you'll, you, you'll know when it's getting dry because, look, if these get too dry, all your clones will die. But you do want a bit of a dry back, and it's important. The dry back allows the plant to understand that it's going to need to reach out to get water. Because whenever you get the dry back, naturally with uh, roots expand, even when it's already uh, we're, we're talking, um, post, uh, roots, you know, once, once the water runs out, they expand hardcore and roots really start searching. So it's kind of the same basis when you're starting your clone, you want that, um, you want that ability to happen. You want that plan to think, Hey, I need to stretch out and really make roots to try to find some water here. So that dry back is kind of important, but you don't want it to become too dry back. So check on it every once and a half days and just make sure that you're not screwing yourself over by letting it dry back too much and you also don't want to be on the other side of the ball guys you don't want to be over watering them have them sitting in water i mean the reason why the dwc cloner has them sitting in water just slightly but they have them out of the water not in the water 
but because they want the friction to hit the uh, hit the sides of the clones to strike roots. So it's kind of like the same thing. You don't want your plug just sitting in water like that, you know, because it will kind of get lazy. It, it sends the plants the wrong signals. You really want to make sure that you're getting a, a nice space in between uh, your tray. Uh, that's why I recommend that insert because we're not going to want those plugs to be soaked. What's up? This is Gordy with Cutting Edge Solutions here to tell you about our premium fertilizer products. We make everything dye-free, hormone-free, PGR-free, and sodium chloride-free. Check out our cannabis-specific fertilizers and additives for your next grow. www.cuttingedgesolutions.com and you can find us on Instagram at Cutting Edge Solutions. So every other day, we're going to go in there and water them down. And uh, we're going to put that uh, humidity dome right back on top of them because naturally you got to take it off to get to some water. And I understand that. That's about the only time you want to take that down. And what happens is this clone process takes anywhere between 5 to 14 days, depending on how good your genetic clones. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, some of them go really fast. Like you'll have it done in a week. Some of them take two weeks and sometimes a few days more. And it's not necessarily your uh, recipe or your problem. It's just some genetics do that. But certain settings um, for certain genetics will make them clone a little bit easier. So dialing in and getting to know your clone, that's a part of the process. And that's something that you'll learn during the cloning process. So whenever you do pass a clone to someone, you're able to give them that note or let them know. Or when you talk about it and you express it, you could, you know, pretty much put that in its resume. So it's kind of cool to take notes on those things. But typically, it takes about that two-week process. And during those two weeks, you know, discoloration happens. Some of them could die. You know, most of the time, if you're experienced, the success rate will be up. But it happens. Don't, don't get discouraged. We're at least looking for about a 75 to 80% strike rate on trays. Um, sometimes if you can get better than that, like I said, it's, you become a professional as it goes. But, you know, don't expect the best off the very first time you do it. The more you clone, the more you practice, the more you'll learn and the better you'll get at cloning. And you'll have a lot more success on the strike rate. So just continue to try to clone, even if you're not good at it at first. Because a lot of us weren't really good at it at first. Some of us, it was a knack for us. It was just really easy. Just keep practicing, keep trying, and don't just do one or two. Try to make, you know, a dozen whenever you do it. I think it's worth it to have uh, a lot more clones than not enough. I think it's a really good thing to do more clones all the time because you actually have the basis of trading. I think clones are great in the industry because you could actually swap people clones. You don't necessarily want to stick to growing the same thing over and over. And another tip I will give you in this industry, it's a huge tip. Don't necessarily give out all your clones. Keep a few things for yourself that's special that no one else has, because then that'll give you the ability to have something special to trade for something special. Because when someone has everything you got, well, then everybody's got everything. We don't really need each other. You know, it kind of keeps you uh, resourceful and kind of keeps you open in this industry. So having and keeping certain clones uh, and making sure that you have a nice repertoire will keep you uh, not only perpetually grown with good stuff, but you have special stuff. And, and then if you breed, you could actually take those clones and use them for breeding and other projects. And we'll talk about that later in the episode. I actually have that note written down here. So we touched on the drybacks and we touched on how long that it would take to really get your clones going. You want to mark the day down too. I forgot to mention that if you don't mark the day down, you'll catch yourself second guessing. So marking the day down in the schedule. Also, please label your clones. What happens sometimes if you don't really work with your plants every day and you, you, you don't notice the, the leaf design or the expression that you get in your medium and you're taking clones and all of a sudden there's no labels on them 
and you don't really know which is which, it happens to people. And then what the worst part could happen is when you hand it off to somebody or a friend and they think that they're growing one thing and they're growing another. So make sure that you're labeling them properly. Make all the labels beforehand and keep a schedule book. If you keep a schedule book, you know the exact day. You'll go, oh, man, I think it was like two weeks ago, but I don't know. It could have been what was... When, what was what day was Saturday? You won't catch yourself doing things like that. So make yourself a nice little schedule. Make sure you're on point, you know. So every other day, make sure you're checking it. Do not let them things get over dried. That is one big thing. Don't let them be over wet. And another thing is, is once they really once they um, after about seven days go by and you're starting to see them discolor a little bit, that's when you're going to make your mix with your spray and start feeding them. That's when I really, really recommend that putting food in them isn't that bad after about five to seven days. Um, at first I'm just using water because I don't want them to get over spoiled in their medium to where I'm giving them a lot of food to where basically the plant really doesn't have to uh, do too much about roots and it's still kind of growing you're like where's the roots growing that's because sometimes we'll over spoil them in their medium that we have them cloning in so really kind of depriving them and giving them a treat will make them do their process a little bit faster and work on time same thing with people you over spoil them a little bit sometimes you give them the inch they'll take the mile so we're trying to get this process to happen as quick as possible so we really want to follow our steps and really do things the way we're supposed to and uh, i've noticed success after about five to seven days i will foliar feed and mist along with feeding the plug by just top feeding with water, you know, inside of a bucket or cup. But at the same time, doing a mist or a top feed. And I also like to mist around the humidity dome a little bit with the uh, with the food mixture and the water mixture in there a little bit. This will also allow the humidity to really kind of create and stay that way. I like to see some nice condensation on the sides of my humidity dome. It just lets me know that uh, it's not too dry in there. And I really uh, know what's going on. So, you know, once everything does this magic, right, you got your roots. Oh, my goodness. I see my first root. It's beautiful. You always see a great uh, vampire teeth, as they say, fangs, they'll call them, man. Two nice fangs sticking out. And you'll see them nice and hairy. And they'll have really, they'll be just beautiful, crystal white. And, uh, you know, you're going to want to look at them and take pictures. But this is one thing I highly don't recommend doing. And this is the this is where a lot of people's downfall is with clones sometimes, too. They like to take pictures a lot. They like to constantly look at the roots. They're showing their friends, hey, man, check it out. Go look at this. And they're exposing those roots to lights. And they're constantly putting the flash picture on them. And it's really just not helping the roots constantly being moved and manipulated and touched and really getting oxygen to them constantly. Um, that's the reason why we have them in trays. We want them to be in the shadows and we want them to be in a moist area to where they're not being in the light. And they're actually, you know, in a cold, not necessarily cold, but a cool water area, you know, where average temperatures are usually around 68 degrees, 70 degrees. They're not wanting anything out in the air, you know, room temperature. They really like being in their habitat and they'll actually grow more, they'll grow more roots and, and shoot more roots to where when it's time to take it out, you're going to have an abundance of roots shooting out. It'll be a whole beard. So really relax when the first roots come out, man. You know, that's not when your, your clone is ready. You know, that's, that's a clone shooting roots. She's struck. That's awesome. Still part of the process going on. We have to then harden off clones once they reach an established rooted position to where all of them are just shooting roots. You could lift up the tray insert and all you see is a whole bunch of roots and you're now getting to the point where the roots are kind of tying into the other roots. Hey, we got to get these clones out of here. It's time to transplant. So make sure your plants are established 
they're totally rooted out before you go giving them to anybody or you know uh you go transplanting them or showing them off i mean you have to be very gentle at this point you constantly want to make sure that you're really doing the less uh fingering and touching as possible you know when it comes to this process you want to let it do its thing and then, you know, some die. It's okay. You know, sometimes the process happens to where they'll shoot roots and, and then die shortly afterwards sometimes. I mean, hey, guys, uh, this happens, and it's unfortunate in life. You know, it's a, it's a mishap, and things happen. Just know that's why we took 12, because that's the reason why we take more than two, because we have backups at all times. I mean, that's a really highly, uh, big high thing that I talk about on importance is just taking a lot, of, a lot more clones than you think you needed. It will help you in the end to have more than less. And whenever you transplant, you know, whenever, whether you're going to DWC or you're going to a different medium, whether it's, you know, cocoa, rock wool or anything, once you transplant that clone, don't be rough with those roots. Those roots are very, very gentle still. So typically you're going to want to fill like, you know, a quarter of your cup, drop your, your, your roots in and your plug in and then kind of backfill. But you're still going to want it to be very, very gentle at that point, because if you're going to disturb the roots, you're going to see some issues happening. And that's where I see a lot of people go, man, I had a lot of roots and my plant just died. And I said, well, what did you do? You know, as far as taking it from the point of the trade to your medium. And they said, yeah, I brought it to the medium and I, you know, I put it in the cup like you told me to. And then I packed all the soil in real nice and tight on it. And I said, Ooh, you know, sometimes you got to be gentle with that. And you kind of want to let the watering to do the soil packing or the cocoa packing for you. Cause once you water, it'll kind of get tight on itself and kind of uh, stop being so loose, you know, and that's something I highly debate to people all the time. Just don't overfinger and, and, and be gentle with these, you know, they're like babies. They really are. You know, you got to be, uh, even if you're a tough guy, you know, sometimes letting women do it because they got nice hands. Uh, sometimes I could be a bull in a china closet myself and, you know, I'll have uh, uh, the woman do the, the clone process because she's a little bit more gentle with the hands. I mean, sometimes it happens. If you're good with your hands, then you'll be good with clones. Just keep them uh, nice and nice and gentle work with them. You know, clones should be stabilized and growing before you actually transplant them too as well. You want to see a little bit of new growth coming because even before the new strike rate, or excuse me, um, even as the roots will strike and the roots will come out, you're going to see new growth in the plant, you know, and that's constantly going to happen. So once you see the new growth with your eyes, you'll know, you know, uh, once those roots are established at the same time that it's time to really transplant because um, the hardening process is what comes before you transplant too. So the hardening process is actually whenever we open our windows from the humidity dome and we actually lift up the corner of the humidity of the humidity dome and kind of keep it to the lifted up on one side so it's actually letting more air flow in and this is actually getting the clones off of that high humidity kind of uh, clone environment and this is called the hardening off stage so this is happens before you go to transplant it's a very very important process too so the hardening off process is going to take a couple days so we're going to probably most likely do this either along the 14th or 15th day. We'll just say that day because not all clones root quick. But as soon as your roots are established and you're seeing that new growth and it's time for that transplant, you're going to actually take two days to harden off by opening the windows, lifting up the side to allow more airflow through because sometimes the shock of that environment change will make them die. And it happens to a lot more people and a lot more uh, plants than you think. So just make sure that you're not getting ahead of yourself and you're just taking the entire uh, humidity dome off and going, they're ready. Let's pack them up and ship them. 
you really want to or let's pack them up and transplant them and grow them one way or the other it, you're going to have to harden off you're going to have to make sure it's stable it's ready to grow in the environment and it can handle the environment that is important i've seen people trade clones and ship clones and grow clones and have them die because they didn't properly do a harden off so make sure you do the hard off test for hops laden virus okay Nowadays, you have a lot of different companies. So I'm going to go ahead and throw a company out there. We're not sponsored by this company. I wish we were. It's a wonderful company. They are doing wonderful things for the industry. Farmer Frenzy has hops laden virus kits, and you could actually test to see if these clones are sick. So whenever you're buying a clone from somebody, you can now go out and buy a, a affordable kit and have an affordable test done. All you have to do is take a small little uh, slip of leaf. Um, I believe uh, you actually just take a little bit of the plant material and that's all they need. You don't even need to send a leaf. So there's a lot of different things going on to where you could have it tested. Uh, working with Farmer Frenzy might be your best bet. Uh, you absolutely want to make sure that your clones are tested. Okay, so this is a little costly, but we've been doing this for every single clone that we take in now. If we're taking it inside and we're going to continue to clone it and put it in our clone machine to where our water is going to touch all the other clones... You know, we have to ensure that it's not sick because this is what happens if you get something with the Hopslade virus. Say you receive a clone or you got a clone from an event. The guy was a great guy, but he got it from someone he didn't know. He passed it to you. You thought you got it from a good guy. So he didn't know he had Hopslade virus in the, in, the, in the clone. He takes the clone home. He grows the clone out. He takes a bunch of clones and puts it in his uh, clone system. Um, his DWC cloner and puts a bunch of different other clones into it from his other clones as well. Well, that hops virus will actually transfer during that process of recloning and it will make all the other plants that clone sick. All of a sudden you'll see issues during cloning. You'll go, man, these plants aren't cloning at all. They used to strike in like five days. What's going on? Man, they, they look really crinkly and they're, they're looking bad. I mean, they look sickly. I wonder what's wrong with them or they'll strike and still have roots normally, but they still look sickly. You're like, what's going on? Because the hops laden virus just transferred some of its issue to all your other clones. And guess what? That whole plant could possibly be infected forever. Take your grow to a new level with new level hydroponics, state-of-the-art hydroponic systems. The Autoflower Review uses New Levels Deluxe DWC system that features a Venturi pump which allows water changes into a nearby sink. New Level Systems comes with everything you need to get going hydroponically with your budget in mind. We thank New Level for sponsoring our featured photo tent and allowing us to show you how superior they really are. Check out their systems at www.newlevelhydro.com. Some of them I've heard can actually outgrow it, but I'm not willing to risk it and sit there and be the scientist behind it to find out. I don't have the time. I do have the time not to have hops laden virus right now, like a lot of other people. So we're not really wanting to deal with it. We're wanting to test for it. And Farmer Frenzy has kits out there. So if you're going to buy a clone from somebody that's unknown, that has not already had it tested, have it tested for yourself. It's actually affordable. It's something that you want to do because it will spread to your entire garden. And here's one thing. Uh, I forgot to mention too as well, when you have a hops laden virus plant, it's actually really susceptible to any type of like issues as well. I mean, when it comes down to the smells and the pheromones that it pushes off, 
bugs could be wanting it a little bit more. Sometimes when plants in distress are sick, they will let off certain pheromones. Uh, also, it could be immune to powdery mildew. And I heard that powder mildew, a hops virus combo, is that absolute knockout. I mean, we're talking about disaster, horror stories. Hops lane virus will ruin you. Make sure you're testing your clones for it. Don't get ruined. If you're ever wondering why sometimes some clones grow really good and then some don't, and you're like, man, you know, I've got this from this guy. Test your clones. It's probably going on. Make sure that you are paying attention, guys. Also, there's a lot of different clones out there, especially when you're buying or trading. And um, what they're, they'll, they'll call them different things. They'll say, hey, I have an elite clone, or I have the breeder clone, or I got the version one clone, or I got the version 1.2, or I got the version two clone, or this is a select clone. Like some people are just like, of the clone, what are you talking about? But there is a difference between them. Okay, so we'll, we'll talk about a breeder clone. I am familiar with breeder clones. I'm actually a collector of breeder clones. I enjoy them very much. Why? Because if the breeder, the creator of the genetics selected this clone, that's awesome. That means that he knows a lot about it. He's the one that created it. He's the one that hunted it out. He took the time to really do the work. So when I get a breeder clone, typically the breeder clones are known out there like the Tropicana Cherry number eight from Relentless, Relentless Genetics. That one's a breeder clone. He's the one that released that. Um, from what I've heard, the uh, apple fritter. Um, from Lumpy Swarms, that's his breeder clone, that's his clone. You know, there's a lot of, you know, the Don Mega, Soulfire has his elite clone, you know. Um, sometimes it's a selected clone, you know, from somebody else that popped a whole bunch of seeds. Uh, like, take an example, uh, Rugged Roots of Maine. They uh, decided to pop, you know, more, I mean, just major amounts of packs. I mean, they probably went through hundreds of Bahama Mamas, and they selected a clone of the Bahama Mama, which is the ultimate, it made its way back even to the breeder, and the breeder loved it. So that was a select clone, not the breeder clone, but the select clone, because he really did the work to really find that. And that select clone is also known as an elite clone, too, as well. Elite clone means it really produces, it does the best. It's a, it's a really selected clone. Sometimes people will also use the name elite clone if they have something let's say perhaps like uh, like purple punch or something and it's it's something that they found like a clone that puts off like three pounds per light and it's just a a major clone it's not the breeder's clone it's not hunted hunted out you know through packs of seeds you know and selected but it's actually you know picked for its its properties you know it's just elite you know so you'll hear people say that it's, it's these are little words to really just express you know how they feel about it it's nothing really unique or special or official so, you know, I'm just kind of explaining to you a little bit of lingo here. You know, uh, at the same time, uh, version one clone, we'll talk about like uh, nine pound hammer uh, when it first came out. Jinx proof his version one. And then, you know, the nine pound hammer to this day in the seed form, the new version that he has out, that'd be considered a version two. And then you have, you know, different types of clones from people that just take a clone because, oh, hey, uh, I had one pack and I didn't want it to go away. And, you know, it's a it's the last of the of the northern lights from these people that i really enjoyed growing up so that's kind of a preservation you know that's what you'd call like a preserved clone something that was preserved that you can at least just grow over and over again it's not nothing super elite or a select or something hunted out it isn't the breeder clone it's just you know a nice a nice preservation clone so there's classifications it's not official you know people will put it all different kinds of ways 
there's no official way to put it, but if they say those things, that's what it means. And uh, you know why people make clones? The reason why we make clones is so we can grow them over and over again. We enjoy them. I mean, that's one of the better qualities about photo periods. We love the fact that we can clone them. You can clone autoflowers too, but it's not worth it. It actually is a process used. I actually clone autoflowers, but that's because I breed with them. I could actually clone an autoflower, and sometimes I will snap it into flower a little bit sooner. And I uh, once I breed with my autoflower after really experiencing traits and, and getting to know a plant uh, through hundreds of cultivars, I'm able to really make my selection based upon my experience. But I also take a clone and the clone will flower out and show me what that flower will look like. And it usually matches up exactly with the traits that I'm experienced with that I expect when I select with autoflowers because it takes a keen eye and someone that works with thousands of plants and hundreds at a time to really figure out autoflowers in that uh, degree. But photo periods, photo periods, we love to clone this because we get the same thing over and over most of the time. Sometimes clones will have what's called genetic burnout. It happens. A lot of the time it's like 10 years old, you're constantly taking a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone, and it's been proven through paperwork that it does happen. Um, the plant just kind of eventually starts to not be as vigorous as it was, and it drops a little bit in percentage, THC, and just overall performance a little bit. It's not something that happens to everything all the time, but it's happened, it's been experienced, and it's been logged, but it usually doesn't happen. If you do hear about someone talking about it, you can say you heard about it. Same thing with me. I don't have much experience with it. But taking clone after clone, I get the same thing all the time for years. I've got clones for five years now that I've kept. As long as you can keep them nice, clean, bug-free, powder mildew-free, and you're constantly taking clones over again, they should give you the same product over and over again. That's the reason why we take clones, because we want the same type of result. Uh, producers that are constantly growing for pounds and pounds, they will grow entire rooms of the same clones. This uh, allows them to really kind of dial in the feed that they need. They don't have multiple varieties going. If it's a system, they could really dial it in exactly the way that clone needs it. And the cool part about clones is when you grow them over and over again, you find the best of traits, the way it likes to be trained. This clone likes to be canopied for uh, a sea of green. This one doesn't like to be trained. Just let it grow like a Christmas tree. This one likes to be a bush, constantly top it. You know, there's a lot of different things that people learn from clones growing them over and over again. And we can kick the, kick the clone's ass, as, as they say. You know, we've grown that so many times that we can kick that clone's ass. We know how to grow her. She'll give us the best out of it. So a lot of us grow those clones for that reason, you know, so we can really get to know that and dial it in. I mean, clones are really kind of the best way to grow for production growers. They got to have them. Um, different variety growers are constantly trading. I think clones are so important to this industry. There's not many other things that'll get you started better than a clone. So clones are really the go way to go. At first, I used to think seeds were the way to go. You know, you're constantly popping and finding new things. You don't have issues, but when it comes down to it, man, the more experienced uh, grower is going to choose a clone if they can over a seed. Sometimes they'll pop a seed if they're a certain type of grower, but we're talking production. Production-wise, clones are the way to go, especially if you're not in this business and you're looking to make a buck. Uh, clones are the way to go, especially if because you, you're going to need that fast growth. You're going to need something that's ready, already sexed out, already knows it performs, already know the PPM value to it and how she likes to be fed, light schedule, et cetera, et cetera. Things just start to really fall in when you work them with clones. It works better that way. Um, indoor and outdoor, say if you get a clone that grew this way indoor, 
it might not necessarily grow outdoor that same way. We've talked about that and touched that in many episodes. A lot of different nutrients and mediums will express differently, but sometimes clones can do both, perform well indoor and out, smell the same and kind of have the same look, but not always. Most of the time, it's it's always different. Expect that. You're not going to get the same exact thing unless you've grown it outdoors before and you're seeing the same exact outdoor pictures. You know, typically, yes, you can get that expression. But as far as indoor results and outdoor results, that's why indoor gets paid more than outdoor. So sometimes you got to also remember if you are picking something up like Tropicana Sherry or Runts or something like that, those clones typically will do great indoors, but sometimes they don't really do good outdoors. So you got to really watch that when you're buying clones. Sometimes the best of the best in, uh, indoor doesn't do best of the best outdoor. You really have to have the experience every single year. Number one thing everyone's asking, how does this genetic do outdoors whenever they're buying a clone to grow outdoors? Um, indoors, they ask the same way. You know, you got some pictures on it. How's it express? What nutrients did you use? Some people want that replica. So with the clone, you could really achieve that too. Um, you know, tissue culture is the next level of clones, really. Uh, cloning business has been in for a long time. People do it with all kinds of plants. It's very important to the plant industry that we learn what cloning is. Grafting and all that stuff comes next. Uh, just like tissue culture will come next after learning cloning first. Once you learn the cloning process, and understand what it's there for, what it means, the value for it, tips, tricks, experience, and then you're the one giving out hints and stuff like that, then you can really start to look into the tissue culture, unless you're really looking to just jump into the tissue culture because it, it inspires you and it makes you feel a type of way. I'm not going to tell you that's a step-by-step -step process. I'm just saying learning the process is probably going to be better for you and more beneficial in the end when you get into tissue culture. But the next level of cloning is tissue culture. It's so much cleaner. Um, you could start from the Mary stem, just the apical. I mean, you, you could really do a lot of things with tissue culture. You're also keeping things clean. Um, it's really keeping things sterile. You could keep a lot of strains in one area. Um, you just constantly have to have the ability to keep a very, very sterile, clean environment and a lot of, um, uh, tools to do this with. You're going to have the agar and, um, all the nice, uh, scientific, uh, whether the trays and the beakers and all that extra stuff is quite an investment. If you want to start into tissue culture, I don't have experience, so I'm not going to talk about it today, but I do say tissue culture is probably next level cloning. I mean, cloning, grafting, um, and learning the whole process of that is probably going to advance you in botany period. You want to learn this process. It's very important. I mean, we'll talk about like, you know, shipment of clones too as well. I think um, knowing about certain brands will really help you. Um, you know, ship, don't go tell your post office you're shipping a plant. Um, typically, it's none of their business. And if you pack it properly, um, it's not going to be anybody's business. It's just going to ship right through to the house. So professionals, what they do is they go order clone cases. There's a lot of different clone cases out there. You have clone domes, clone shippers, clone cup shippers. With the leds on them you have plants in a box i recommend using the plants in a box trays that they have these trays are just awesome man they're made with a uh, really good sturdy material um they close very easy they have an led light in them they're really simple to use they have the grooves already meant for them so they fit like almost like a like it's like a brand new item you know coming out of a box it's nice and plush i really like plants in a box dot ca which i believe is california plantsinabox.ca look it up 
Hi, this is Leanne from Hygrosyme. We are manufacturers of all natural, environmentally friendly supplements for your plants. Try Hygrosyme in your grow to prevent root rot, High Clean to clean your irrigation lines, High Shield for plant immunity, and our Hygro Ben, our newest product for yield boosting beneficials. Check us out on Instagram at Hygrosyme or at Hygrosyme for Growers and online at Hygrosyme.com. They got some great stuff. I used to use Mac packs back then. You could look up Mac packs. You know, they were a little flimsier. I didn't really like the Mac packs. My friends were complaining about them. I'd send them, you know, 12 clones and, you know, like uh, two of them out of the 12 would have a little bit of an issue. And, you know, it's not something to really complain about, especially if you're sending 12 packs of clones and stuff. But at the same time, you really want it to be successful. And especially if you're charging money and stuff like that, you know, I was just sending them to friends for, you know, just shipping costs and stuff. So it wasn't that big of a deal during the Mac pack days. But now that we've moved into using the professional items uh, like the plantsinabox.ca, you know, clone shippers, the the cup version and stuff like that, it really ensures 100% guarantee. And in this business, whenever you're shipping, you want that guarantee to be there. Or if you're sharing with a friend, you want to keep it in a nice solo cup or something like that. If you're transferring it, transfer it in a box. If you're driving it over to them, keep it in something like that. It's fine. That's pretty, it's not unprofessional to have it in something like that. You don't have to have a special pot or a vase when dropping it off to somebody if you're making a business deal with clones, but, or just trading them, you know, same thing. It's still respected. It's, it's fine to bring them over in a box, you know, so uh, just make sure that it's, uh, you know, upright. Typically, when you bring it to people, you would spray it down or whenever you take in a clone, you're going to want to spray it down. I probably should have mentioned that when we talked about the Hobsley virus issue and where to go get it tested at using the Farmer Frenzy kits. But you also want to spray your stuff down, whether it's an organic base or it's a, you know, it's got pesticide or something, whatever that you use for your IPM. Typically, spray your plants down whenever you're bringing them in from an outside source. This will get rid of any type of PMs if they give it to you, and it will get rid of any bugs if they give you any. Um, this is something that you really kind of want to do because transferring those plants in between household to household or garden to garden, there's always that in-between. During that in-between, you're walking in grass maybe or walking through some trees or underneath trees to get to your back porch and your house or something, you want to ensure that nothing's jumping and hanging onto those plants. Because I've actually seen this happen before. I've actually put clones on the very back porch of my house and actually left them out there on accident for the next day. And I had a friend coming to pick them up. But when I went outside, I happened to see a couple bugs. They weren't like mites or thrips or anything, but there was bugs on them. And I said, man, you know, I can't just give this to my friend like that, you know? So just the process of getting it to one place to another, you can get stuff on it. It's real easy, guys. Make sure that your, you know, your hair and all that stuff is clean. You're not messing with the outdoors and taking a clone and then going over to someone's house, you know, and, and bringing a clone inside of their house. You really want to ensure that you're making sure that's clean because if you don't, you're going to be uh, passing some pathogenics around it. You kind of, you get labeled for that around here, man. And people aren't going to want to ever uh, work with you or trade for your clones or, or purchase any clones from you. So keeping a professionalism is, is one big thing with clones. Make sure they're nice and clean. Don't hand somebody something that has roots on it, but looks really bad. Make sure you're growing them out and making them look really good before you ever give them to anybody, especially some of them. I see a lot of guys online these days and their quality of their clones are just terrible. Um, as far as the roots growing, the roots are there. 
but just the top half, they're going yellowing, they're crinkled. I mean, hardcore yellowing, hardcore crinkle, just looking like it's half dead before it even arrived, you know, and started to get into its pot. So, I mean, really be professional, guys. Also, another thing is, too, sometimes you'll get them from a shipment. Uh, say it accidentally took a few days to get there. Uh, you didn't have the ability to get a one or two shipment through the mail. And it comes out of the box, and it's looking a little rough. Don't complain the first day. What you want to do is you want to get it into its medium or get it into its environment and kind of see if it'll snap back into its its figure before you go complaining and stuff. Because I'm not a complainer, but I've gotten some clones online before and they come in real rough. And I've been able to actually nurse them up a little bit after a few days. And then they just really snapped into it and were growing great. But did I need to hit the guy up the first two days and go, hey, man, look at him off rip. I'm already worried. I mean, give it give you, give you, it some time, you know, and that's what I did. And it saved me from looking like a rookie, you know, first time, you know, getting clones in or something. And you're and you're complaining that quick. I give it some time, man. These guys have been doing it for a while. Just let that plant snap into shape. It happens. It happened to me. You know, I learned. So anyways, you know, guys, uh, pricing of clones has also been a very big thing these days, too. A lot of people want to charge a lot of money. Some people want to charge a little bit of money. That is at the grower's discretion. Honestly, we should not be putting a basis on what people charge for their clones. Each person's different. Same thing with anything else you sell. Sometimes they have a capital on things where you like, like milk per se, like you can only charge this much, like there's a cap on it. You can only charge, you know, this less for it. Okay, so in the industry we have for clones, we got some people out there charging $15,000. Well, to that guy, he believes that that's worth it because the person who will probably buy that for $15,000 is either A, going to breed with it and make a ton of seeds, which could make you upwards of $30,000 per plant if you breed it right with the amount of seeds uh, that it can produce. Um, you're say you're feminizing it to make seeds. It won't produce as many seeds, but God Lord, you're going to get a replica of it. So some people will buy those seeds up really quick. 10 packs at a hundred dollars each thousand dollars. Each plant will probably produce you up to words of the 300 packs. You know where you're going from there. So what I'm saying is that's where that person is coming from. So they think that that person also is going to make a bunch of cuttings and uh, grow a whole room of it and have 10 pounds of it. And each pound is going to cost around two to 3,000 bucks and they can get their money back with their first grow. So a lot of the time that big price is coming from somebody who kind of realizes that whoever's going to buy it is probably on a level of that degree to where they could afford it. And it's worth it to them. Some people will charge $1,000 per clone because they understand that same process that I just said. They're either breeding with it or they're making pounds and pounds and got units on units of it. So they're able to make their money back. So don't get mad when someone's charging $250, $300 because it's the same way too. It's just basically um, eye of the beholder, more or less. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So if you really, really want that clone, it's worth it to you. Sometimes the clones are just uh, absolutely elite. They, they put down pounds per light. They put down quality. They don't have issues. Uh, you could really bend them up and train them without issues. That's what I mean. They feed and uptake without a problem. You know, just no issues. Sometimes those clones are worth it. Don't worry about that price, guys. I mean, pay it if it's worth it. If that's something that you want. Save as something that no one else has. And you're mad that you can't afford a thousand. Don't get mad. It's just the same way as, as anything else in this world. You know, it's kind of like a nice watch. You know, if you want to have that, you got to pay for it. It's just the way it goes. So fair to me, pricing for clones 
is really, you know, anywhere is between, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks as if it's been out for a long time, you know, I do believe clones are worth your dollar, the process it takes to make it, um, you know, the amount of nutrients and just the time and the, and the, and the work that you put into it, you know, it's, it's worth at least 50 to a hundred. So, you know, if you're going to start a business, don't cut yourself short. I constantly buy myself clones for that price all the time. So, uh, you know, if you're out there spending for clones, don't feel too bad. It's if you want it and you want to grow it, it's the way it goes in this industry. So one of these days you'll end up finding a clone shop or somewhere around and they'll have menus and stuff and you'll have your selection. I constantly preach this to everybody. Keep as many clone sources you can around you. There's a lot of great places you can go to that are what are called nurseries and all they do is clones. All they do is clones. So you're able to get them for a little bit cheaper or you buy a tray at a time and, you know, just it depends on who it is. But anyways, guys, we'll go ahead and sign off on that and uh, we'll go ahead and keep that one, you know, uh, on topic. Clones is something that is always needing to be talked about. If anybody has any questions, comments, concerns, anything or wants to put any ideas about the next shows or what we should talk about or some cool tips and tricks that they want me to talk about. I read the comments, guys. I read reviews, guys. Shout out to the person who left a review on the podcast. I appreciate you guys uh, leaving the re reviews on Spotify and uh, iHeartRadio and all that good stuff. I read them. Shout out to you. I saw it. Thank you so much. And we appreciate anybody who writes in reviews. We want comments, guys. I want to know what you guys want to hear. If you guys got something cool you want to talk about, even better. If you want to come on the show, contact me. We could talk cannabis. If you got a great topic, and you got something you feel like the community needs to hear about, drop it in the comments or get a hold of me in the DM. I'm always here, guys. This is Thursday with Thor. I'm going to go ahead and sign out now. I appreciate everyone that came in to listen in this week. We covered a bit of a topic on clones. There's still more to cover, so we'll have more to talk about next week, guys. Cannabis related. This is Thor signing out. Peace, guys. Have a good one. <laughs>